Open your Bibles, please, to Exodus chapter 20. If you're using the Pew Bible, you can find them on page 61. We're going to continue our study of the book of Exodus and the Ten Commandments. And today, specifically, we'll be looking at the Fifth Commandment. Honor your father and mother. Now, throughout our time these past weeks, as we've been looking at these Ten Commandments, I've tried to highlight the fact that before he gave the law... The Lord first gave grace. He first brought deliverance. The Lord heard the cries of His people in Egypt and He remembered His promises to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. And the Lord delivered His people through a mighty act of salvation. And in the first couple of verses of chapter 20, the Lord reminds His people of the freedom that He has achieved for them. He tells them, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. And then he communicates to them that he's taken them to be his own possession. And then in the verses that follow, the Lord tells them and us how we're then to live as his freed, redeemed people. And really that's one of the main reasons that God gives us his law. God gives us his good and righteous law again so that we can so that he can show us how good and righteous and blessed living may be found. So let's look into that law now. Let's look into that good and righteous law so that we can rightly learn how we can live as his redeemed people. Our verse today that we'll focus upon uh, will be Exodus 20 verse 12, but I'll go ahead and begin reading in verse 1. Let's turn our attention again to the reading of God's holy, living, and inerrant word. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the Sabbath day and made it holy. And then our verse for today, verse 12. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this is God's word for you today. The grass may wither and the flower may fade, but the word of the Lord shall endure forever. Pray with me again, please. Lord God, we thank you for your enduring holy word. And Lord, we invite you to confront us through it today. 
Lord, through Your Word and through Your Spirit, lead us into all truth, we pray. Examine our hearts and show us any ways that we may fail to live as we ought. Change our hearts, Lord, and transform our minds and our thinking and our living. Amen. So as we come to this fifth commandment, we come to a bit of a transition in these Ten Commandments. And did you recognize what that was as we read it? The first four of the Ten Commandments focus primarily upon man's relationship with God. But as we come to this fifth commandment and to all of the remaining commandments, they deal primarily in our relationships with other people. So this commandment marks an important shift in the commandments. Now remember, the commandments show us how we are to rightly live, how we're rightly to relate to God, and also how we're rightly to relate to one another. By way of review, the first commandment, the Lord shows us that He desires and that He deserves for us to be wholly devoted to Him. He calls upon us to be wholly dedicated to Him and to Him alone. And he deserves that because he's the God who's redeemed us. In the second commandment, he calls upon us to give him our exclusive, wholehearted worship. In the third commandment, he insists that people who bear his name would only do that in honorable ways. That we would be people who always and only rightly proclaim his glory. The fourth commandment, the Lord shows his knowledge of our needs when he instructs us to seek a holy rest. And he gives to us his holy Sabbath, a day which is to be a day lived unto him, a day of holy rest and a day of holy worship. So those are all some of the ways that the Lord desires for us to relate to him. And now here in the fifth commandment, he begins to instruct us as to how we are to relate to one another. And he calls upon us to grant honor to one another. And here specifically in this fifth commandment, for us to grant honor to our mothers and fathers. And in giving us this commandment, the Lord demonstrates the importance of the family. The family is the centerpiece, the the foundation of any society. And that's certainly the case within the covenant community, the the community of faith. And the establishment of this covenant community is central to where we are right now in this point of biblical history. Remember, the people of Israel have lived in Egypt for the last 430 years. And for at least the last half of that time, they've been there in Egypt as slaves. And they've been living in this pagan land for hundreds of years. Living in a land where the people didn't know Yahweh. The people there who surrounded them didn't know, didn't worship this one true God, but instead they worshipped false idols. And they lived in that land again for hundreds of years, for many generations. And as a result of that, the people of Israel were at risk of losing their identity. 
and especially losing their identity as this unique people of God. And so the Lord now, in giving the Ten Commandments, in a way is reintroducing Himself to this people. And He's establishing a new community, a new society. He's establishing a new society that's to be dedicated to Him, to be dedicated to the Lord and to His ways. As we come to this fifth commandment, we see that central to this God-ordained dynamic of that covenant community is this concept of honor. And again, specifically here in the fifth commandment, we're to honor our father and mother. But right away, some questions come up. What does it mean exactly to honor one's parents? Does that mean doing whatever they say no matter what? Even if your parents might be wrong? Do we ever outgrow this commandment? Those are just some questions we'll consider today. So what does it mean to honor our father and our mother? Well, to a large degree, that seems rather obvious, but there are also some nuances that I think are worth noting. The Hebrew word that's translated here as honor is the word kaved. And that's the same word that the Old Testament uses to speak of the glory of God. And it carries with it a sense of weightiness. To honor one's parents, then, as I've heard one preacher say, is to give weight to their opinion and to their place of authority in one's life. We should recognize that their authority and the honor that's due to them is established by the Lord. We're called to honor them, to respect them, to esteem them, to value them, and to recognize that they are good gifts from the Lord to us. Remember that, no one. The opposite of honor is dishonor. And this command requires that we not only respect our parents, but it also forbids doing things that demonstrate a disrespect of them. Now before we go any further, I wonder if there were any of you, because of your circumstance in life, I wonder if there are any of you who, as we read this commandment and as I've begun this message, I wonder if there are any of you who feel like maybe this commandment doesn't pertain to you anymore. Perhaps you're inclined to feel that way because maybe your parents have passed away. And if your mother and father are no longer living, certainly you're not bound by this commandment anymore, right? Maybe not so fast. Don't be too quick to believe that this commandment is no longer intended to regulate your life if your parents have passed away. Because I suggest to you that this is indeed a command for every one of us, even still. This is a commandment for young children. God wants boys and girls to respect their parents, and yes, also to obey them. We see any number of of references to this throughout Scripture. 
Children are called by the Lord to obey their parents. And, and they're expected to do this quickly and fully. And to do the things that, are, that they're asked of with a good attitude. This commandment is also a commandment for young teens and young adults. And I know that at that stage of life, it can be challenging for a young person to want to honor their parents when at that same time, it's a time where they have that natural desire, that natural need even to seek to begin to establish their independence. But seeking one's independence isn't an acceptable reason for failing to comply with this command. This command is also for adult children of any age, including your age. We are called to honor our parents. But that can be hard sometimes, can't it? I know that's been true for me. I've, I've made references to it uh, on previous occasions that, that my father, sadly in his life, often lived in ways that weren't exactly honorable. And as a result of that, I found it hard to show him honor. And I remember one particular time when I failed to honor him as the Lord would want me to. My dad's been dead for 20 years now, but I remember a Christmas two or three years before he died. And our families gathered around, and I was on the way out the door. My dad was sitting in a recliner here by the door, and I was standing behind him. And for whatever, I had a magazine rolled up in my hand as I'm standing behind my dad. And my dad made a very inappropriate comment to one of my aunts. And I took that magazine and I whacked him on his arm as he sat there from behind, like whacking a puppy that's making a puddle on the floor or something like that. And it had great effect. It stopped him in his tracks. It surprised him. It scared him. And every one of my family members thought that it was great and it was about time that someone would stand up to him. Anyway, so I told him to, you know, be quiet, stop it, don't talk that way. And then I walked out the door. I lived about 45 minutes away. As I was driving, though, I felt a sense of conviction that I dishonored my dad, that I failed to uphold this command. That was a time in my life where the Lord had really started getting a hold of my attention and had given me a desire to honor him with my life. As much as I didn't want to do it, and I had never done anything like this before with my dad, as I was driving, I called him. And I said, Dad, I want to apologize for what I did. That was wrong, and that was a sin. It was wrong for me to do that to you, that was a sin against you, and that was a sin against the Lord. And I told him, but Dad, I want to honor the Lord with my life. But can I tell you, sometimes you make it really hard for me to do that. And I want to ask you, please don't act that way. 
Please don't act that way because when you do, I'm tempted to sin against you and the Lord. So I want to ask you, please, for my sake, for my walk with the Lord, please don't act that way. And he said, oh, I know, D, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that thing. And do you know from that day forward, our relationship was markedly better? And now it wasn't perfect, and he still had times where he would say some inappropriate things in that. But, you know, more often than not, if he would, I could just touch him on the arm and say, Hey, Dad, remember that thing I talked to you about? This is what I'm talking about. Please don't do that. But by me recognizing my failure to honor the Lord... Our family dynamic changed when I confessed that and repented of that and asked for his help um, so that I would be less apt to sin against him. And I think that he felt honored. I know that he did as a result of that. There's no easy way out of this command. Notice this: that this command doesn't say, Honor your mother and father if they live honorable lives. It doesn't say that here. Now, I think it certainly is implied that parents are to live in honorable ways. That's one of our callings as parents. But at the same time, we're called to honor our parents seemingly without any consideration as to whether or not they are living in honorable ways. And again, I'm convinced that this is true, that this still is binding upon us, even if our parents have passed away. Now, how might we be able to do that? How can we honor our mother and father if they have passed away? Well, you can do that simply in the way in which you think of them and the way that you speak about them. When you can... Think of your mother and father in an honoring way. Thank God for them, for the good things that they did for you in your life. Even if maybe they did many things that weren't good, I'm still sure that there are some things that were good that they did. Thank God for that. Speak well of them. Tell stories of them to your children to your grandchildren or to their great-grandchildren. Tell your children, tell subsequent generations about those aspects of your parents' lives that were honorable. Carry on family traditions. Tell your children about fond memories of your childhood with your parents. My dad took me on a fishing trip when I was turning 16. And so this past year, when Noah was preparing to turn 16, we talked about that experience that I had with my dad and how delightful that was. And I said, Noah, what would you like to do? Let's you and I have a trip of our own. And Amy blessed us doing that, spending money without her and Ruthie with us. But I asked Noah, you want to go on a fishing trip? You want to go on a hunting trip? What do you want to do? And as we talked about it, we decided, no, we'll, we'll carry on this tradition which we've established recently of visiting some uh, Major League Baseball parks. 
And so we did this trip this, that we did last month where we went to Chicago and to Milwaukee and saw games at three different um, major league parks. And as we did that, as we were enjoying baseball on that trip, as well as we have throughout the years, we've talked about how my dad also loved baseball. Noah loves baseball in part because I enjoyed baseball. And one of the reasons that I enjoyed baseball is that my dad enjoyed baseball. And so Noah and I talk about that, about how he played with my uncles and cousins and other men from our small town in a men's league following coming, you know, coming home after World War II. And just some of his favorite players, that type of thing. When our family goes to Carlisle Lake, we have a vacation home at Carlisle Lake. Now, it's nothing fancy. It's a mobile home. But whenever we go there, I remind our kids, kids, we're able to enjoy this because of, our sacrifice, because of the sacrifice of your grandparents. They were hard workers, and they wanted to bless their family by purchasing this property 50 years ago. And we're now recipients of the blessing that it was because they wanted to do this for, for us. Whenever we have Cheez-Its in our house, I talk to the kids about who was it who liked Cheez-Its, and they'll say, your dad did. I tell our kids about how much our, my mom and dad would be proud of them. I tell Noah about how much my dad would have just loved to have watched him be able to play baseball as well as he does. I tell Ruthie about how much joy my mom would have in just watching her and seeing her delight in doing crafts, her mind, um, cooking, that type of thing. And I remind her how she's named after two of the most important women in my life, my mother, Ruth, and my grandmother, Elizabeth. Think well of your parents and speak well of them as often as you can to others. And guys, so many of you do this. So many of you honor your parents so well. Cindy, your care for your dad. Randy and Karen, your care for your mom. Karen, you moving in with her to care for her. The way that you carry on your family tradition, your family heritage with your business. Um, Sean and Bob, the way you're opening up your home that you're preparing to receive your, your dad, Sean, here in just a couple of weeks to live with you. And so many others of you, you honor your parents well. And as you do that, you honor the Lord. I want to encourage you also that this command extends also to our in-laws. Strive to honor your in-laws in the same way that you would your own parents. Show them honor as well. Don't, don't speak badly about your in-laws to your spouse. And encourage your spouse to think well of them also. And why do we do this? Well, we do this because the Lord calls us to. And it would be a sin against the Lord for us to comply with this command. But we should also honor our father and mother because there's a reward that's attached to it. 
Actually, there are several rewards that are attached to honoring your mother and father. What are some of those rewards? Well, first of all, our parents are rewarded by receiving the gift of honor, the gift of dignity that we grant them. And as we do that consistently, our family relationships will tend to be enhanced, as that was a result of what I did with my dad. Any family will be enhanced as we seek to show a greater degree of honor to one another. And the blessing that comes from that, guys, will be a blessing that extends to future generations of your family as well. Love and joy and peace will be enhanced throughout the generations of our families as we seek to honor and love one another well. And in part, that's what's meant by the second half of verse 12. Because this verse doesn't just end with the command to honor your father and mother. But look at what comes next. The Lord says, honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Now that isn't really an individual promise. That that doesn't necessarily mean that every person who honors their mother and father will live long. But it does mean that it will go well. That it will go well for a society if our family relationships are built upon a foundation of love and honor and care of one another. It'll go well for our families. It'll go well for us. It'll go well for our parents. It'll go well for our children. It'll go well for our children's children if we have these kind of loving, honoring relationships with one another. We're called to honor our parents, again, even if they haven't particularly behaved in honorable ways. While that can be hard to do, there's still a blessing that comes from doing that. I think of, again, a story relating to my dad. When my dad died, I remember one of my brothers making a comment. It was a a rather profound statement, I think. I remember it some 20 years later. He told me about how he was always going to try to remember my dad. He acknowledged that our dad didn't always do things right, but he reminded us of how much worse our dad's dad was than our dad was. And my brother said that he could see that our dad was a far better dad than he had. And so how could you be angry at that? And he said that is his, my brother said that it was his hope that he would be a better father to his children than our dad was to my brother. And then my brother said, and it's my hope and prayer that my children will be a better mother and father to their children, even more than I was. I think that's a wise statement. And one of the reasons that there's wisdom in that is that it demonstrates how we all need to be gracious and forgiving towards one another. Because it's not just our parents who fail, is it? But we also fail. We all fail in one way or another of living in honorable ways. We 
fail to honor our mother and father as the Lord calls us to. We fail to uphold this command as we ought. And also often we fail to uphold many others of God's command. And that's why we need a Savior. That's why we need this law. This law of God which drives us to Christ. This law which drives us to our Savior. This law drives us as we see our failing in it, as we look into the mirror of God's law, it drives us to the one who did always and only honor both his heavenly father and his earthly mother and father. It drives us to this Jesus who as a boy and as a teenager and as a young man submitted himself to his mother and father, we're told in Luke 2.51. And think about that for a minute. The Lord God Almighty, the creator of all things, submitted himself to his creatures. The infinite and all-knowing and all-powerful, the self-existent, eternal God the Son, submitted himself and honored his young, poor, humble parents. Perfectly fulfilling this commandment to honor his father and mother. Doing that perfectly, which we so often have failed to do. And he did that right up to the end. As he hung on the cross, paying the penalty for your law breaking and my law breaking. As he hung on the cross to pay the penalty also even for the very sins of his own earthly mother and father. As he hung on the cross nearing death. Christ looked down from the cross and he looked upon his mother, Mary. And then he moved his gaze to his friend, John. And he said to Mary, woman, behold your son. And then he looked at John and he said, son, behold your mother. And then in John 19, 27, we're told that from that hour on, John took Mary into his home. What we understand from that is probably, evidently, Joseph was very likely dead at that time. And so Mary didn't have anyone to care for her. And in that moment, Jesus was honoring his mother, caring for her, protecting her, providing for her, honoring her by entrusting her into the care of John as he was nearing death and eventually even also ascension back into heaven. And in doing that, we see yet one example of the ways that Jesus perfectly fulfilled this command to honor his father and his mother. And of course, we're also shown throughout Scripture about how Jesus always and only and perfectly honored his father in heaven as well. Doing that from his earliest days right up to the end. Here I think of the night when Jesus was betrayed. On the night before he would go to the cross to redeem all those who would look to him alone for their salvation in the garden of Gethsemane. As he looked into the cup of wrath that he was about to taste, he prayed to his father in heaven saying, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. But we remember how he concluded that prayer. 
when he said, but Father, not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus perfectly submitted to the will of his Father in heaven to carry out his mission, to give his life as a ransom for many, laying down his life so that you and I might experience eternal life and the abundant life. And in closing, may I say this final word to you if your mother or father failed to parent you well. If you are trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Redeemer, you have a new Father. And this new Father, your Heavenly Father, loves you well. He loves you perfectly. And He will love and care and provide for you in every way that you need Him to. Ask Him to do that. Ask Him to love you and to parent you through all those areas of life where maybe your earthly mother and father may have failed to do that well. Give yourself to Him. Entrust yourself to this good and honorable Father that you have in heaven. And if you do, it will go well for you. And you will live long in the land that the Lord your God has given to you. And you will know the joy and the glory and the blessing that it is for this God to be your God. Pray with me. Lord God, would you be that for us? Thank you that you are that for us. Lord, it's our prayer that we would Honor our earthly mother and father well. Lord, help us to do that. Give us your Holy Spirit, Lord, so that we might be reminded of your will for our lives. And then make your spirit be great in us so that we would be empowered to live in this godly kind of way. We thank you also, Father. And may we never take for granted the privilege that it is to know you, to have you as being our Abba Father. How remarkable it is to think that you welcome us to come running up upon your lap as a good earthly father would be pleased to receive their child in that same way. And you do that without any failing, without any sin. Lord, Forgive us for the many ways that we fail to honor you rightly. Forgive us for the many ways that we have failed to honor our earthly mother and father. May those who we have sinned against forgive us also. May our children be patient with us. May we be patient with them. Lord, continue to pour out your mercy. Continue to pour out your grace. Continue to pour out your love. Continue to be patient with us so that we can be loving and merciful and gracious and patient towards others. Lord, lead us into this good life, we pray. Continue to remake us into the image of Christ 
that one who did perfectly honor his mother and father, the one who perfectly honored you. May you cause us through your spirit to be more like that. And we pray this all in your glorious name. Amen.